It's four o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means. Yep, it's time for another exciting episode. Sorry, left a word out of Taxi TV Live. This week's very special guest star, Astronautica. Yeah. Audience loves it. (laughs) The band loves it. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. (laughs) You are so welcome. So, uh, you hit the radar here a few weeks ago and ended up becoming our Artist of the Month for July. And uh, somebody on the staff mentioned your name, and I said, "Huh, what?" And they started <laughs> checking you out, and I said, "We should have her come over and do a show." So yeah, here you are. Thanks for talking of me. I'm glad you could do it. Uh, so, all right, I want to get this straight first. Uh, Friday night, I was hanging out with a little girl. Her name was Adina. This is Adrena with an R, but I'm bound to blow it today. Just wanted to let you guys know that. Oh, I should move the audience back over. Hi, guys. How are you in the chat room? Hello. Um, Anyway, uh, so I'm excited to have you on the show because, as I mentioned before we went on camera, I listened to, I think, everything that you've ever put out put out on the wow. internet and well, I uh, you liked it. I did. I liked it so much I stayed up till two o'clock in the morning listening and for an old guy that really doesn't have much of a background in electronic music I got my uh, my education last night and uh, I, I want to thank you for that because I liked your stuff so much that I just kept listening and then researching it and I watched the video of you on Sound on Sound, um, which I, oh. I thought was a great interview. Really? Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I, that was cool how that came about. I didn't, like when they contacted me to do that, I was really like, wow, really? I want to come see, I don't know if I'm doing that much crazy uh, I don't know, stuff, you're, you're a thing, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you so. are. And, and uh, I remember the back half of it when you started getting into the technical stuff, I was really impressed. and. I want to say, you know, I don't know how to even approach this subject, but I've lately been on a tear to get more women involved in production because we know so many songwriters um, that are women and they feel like they don't have the technical chops to produce what they hear in yeah. their head. Yeah. And, and that's just wrong. And uh, so I want to read a little bit of your bio so that the folks in the audience know a little bit more about you. Um, so it says, Los Angeles native Adrena K. Martinez is Astronautica, one of Alpha Pup Records' newest artists, bringing a unique style of lush electronica and a playful sense of exploration to the label. The young producer is a fresh face, fresh face, <laughs> uh, to the thriving local beat scene. Learning to play guitar by ear at an early age, Astronautica soon began mixing her own samples and beats. Quickly becoming addicted to the burgeoning beat sounds of the West Coast, Astronautica is now a full-fledged member of the movement. So I think that you're more than just a member of that movement. I think that you are a, a card-carrying, flag-waving member of the movement that more women should be involved in production. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah. How how did it happen for you? Um, it, I know you started out playing guitar. How old were you? Oh man, maybe I think I started. Um, I got my first guitar for Christmas when I was like five. But wow, actually starting to play, uh, maybe sixth, fifth, fifth or sixth grade. So what is that? Eleven years old. Um, but it wasn't like I wasn't really you know, trying to like learn how to read music. I should have, but I was more just like, okay, I can learn how to play power chords. I can learn how, I know how to read tablature and that's 
that's it for me. Um, that was obviously enough. Yeah, I know. So, um, but you know, I kind of wish I dove in a little bit more. But it, you know, it's it's great. I know I have that like that background in in like being able to hear, you know, a melody mm-hmm. or a chord progression. And um, after my first year of college was when I got you know really interested in the scene I am a part of now. Um, they do a night in Lincoln Heights every Wednesday called Low End Theory. Which I learned about last yeah. night, thanks yeah. to you. And so I just started going religiously, like every week I was there. And, you know, the music just really spoke to me because it was like all of my favorite genres, like, mashed into one, you know? And, yeah. and um, yeah, that kind of just resonated well with me. And actually, the reason I started wanting to produce was because on YouTube, I came across another female producer named Toki Monster, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, seeing a girl actually doing what you want to do, I think that was very empowering to see that, and that's... That's the word. I'm going to do a panel this year at the Taxi Road Rally about uh, not making it a political statement so much as I just want to empower more women to, like... This stuff shouldn't be scary if that is, in yeah. fact, the issue. Yeah, but yeah. Um, you know, I, I saw a comment last night underneath that video I was talking about before we were being interviewed by Sound on Sound. There oh was a, a, I don't like reading the comments ever. <laughs> well, this was actually an interesting one, and I don't think the guy meant to say it in a negative way. I think he meant to be positive, but he does call you a chick. <laughs> so oh, he boy. said, dude, where the hell are the girls like this in real life? I never met a chick into production. It seems so rare. And like I said, we've noticed that at Taxi, and, uh, you know, women are every bit as capable as any man, um, and yet it's always been kind of a boys' club. Yeah, it, it has. And um, why? Why is that? Why? You know, I don't know. I really, I mean, I really don't. I wish I had an answer for this, but I feel like, you know, with a lot of things in life, it's just it just goes back to that you know, like, boys club type of idea, but, I mean, it it could be a number of things, you know, I think, I don't know, I really don't know, I wish I had an answer for you with that one. You know, I I don't remember at any point in my career um, anybody saying, oh, she's a girl, she couldn't do that, I, I don't think it was... You know anybody trying to keep women out? I think that to some degree, uh, I don't know. I, you know, we can guess all day yeah, long. But the yeah. bottom line is, I'm I'm doing something about it and, and trying to empower more women. And I was just so impressed with you last night. <laughs> Thank it's like you. I really so was like I was being I was delighted as I was sitting there listening to your music and watching this interview and then watching some of your live performances I just like wanted to reach into the screen and give you a hug and go you go girl thank you um yeah actually um on Saturday I went to a cousin's birthday lunch at Magiano's at the Grove and I was in the restroom and this girl comes in with her baby and I'm walking out she goes are you astronautica? And I was like, yes, I am. Like, cause you know, it doesn't happen to me. And it's just, so I was very like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, that's me. And um, 
she was like, you know, I have been wanting to get into producing music and do something creatively, and I just keep asking for a sign, like, give me a sign that what, what my creative path should be. And she's like, and I just ran into you. So she's like, so I think that, you know, you're my sign to start producing music. So I thought that was the coolest thing. And, you know, yeah, being able to inspire, you know, the way someone inspired me to get into it, I think, yeah, it's really important to just have, you know, more females to kind of, you know, be that for another girl or another woman. I think it's it, it's awesome. And uh, when you first started, uh, when you got bitten by the bug, uh, yeah. I'm assuming it was at Low End Theory on a particular night, yeah. and you walked out of there, what was that first thought in your head and what did you do to act on it? Oh man, the first thought was just like, I just want to go home and try and find as much music in this particular genre scene and just, you know, educate myself on all these artists and, you know, how it started. And so that's what I would do. I would just go home and, you know, I guess dig the, through the crates, like on the internet, on YouTube, SoundCloud, and just, yeah. like, try and find as much as I could. And, um, yeah, that's... That's... And what did you find that made you feel empowered to sit down with your... You know what, let me rephrase that. What was your first piece of gear and how hard was the learning curve? Okay, so my first piece of gear, I guess, was a you know, keyboard. Mm -hmm. um, but the first piece of gear that was kind of a challenge to learn and to navigate was the Akai APC-40. And the only reason I bought it was because I had seen two of my favorite artists using it on stage, and I was like, that is what I want to do. And, it, you know, I had seen many performers use different controllers and whatnot, but yeah. my two favorite artists at the time were using the APC-40, so that I was like, you know, I'm going to Guitar Center right now, <laughs> spending all my money on this, and this is what I'm buying. And so trying to, because there's, I mean, there's an instruction manual, but, like, you know, you control it the way it works for you and learning or trying to figure out what that is was like a little beyond me and at the time I don't really remember there even being that many able to, or, uh, YouTube tutorials so a lot of it was just wow. like trying to figure it out and um, yeah I started playing shows with that and you know it, it was really bulky a really awkward size super heavy and I have the new one now and it's a lot more convenient and easy to travel with but yeah that was my first piece of equipment so you know it's obviously a grid MIDI controllers and frankly I didn't know a lot about them until again you uh, last night uh, and I'm looking at these things going okay back in my day we had a channel strip and a fader and we would take a piece of masking tape and write drums or bass or whatever and you knew when you look at a grid and all these different colored lights are on there how do you remember what is where What's and what, what it does yeah. yeah um well a lot of practice and it actually mirrors what's on my screen so i use a program called ableton and you know i produce in ableton and i dj in ableton i do live performances with ableton and the the way the apc is set up is it's kind of you know it's made for Ableton, so the whole grid on the APC kind of, it like mirrors what's there. So is it everything color it's color it's color coordinated, yeah. Okay. So you know I have 
all my songs, if I'm doing a DJ, DJ set, they're all color coordinated by key and tempo. And, and so, and I've mapped everything yeah. tables. I know it can get very technical, so I don't, don't like, want to geek out right now. But um, <laughs> yeah, you map everything. So, you know, my faders will control a certain track. Uh, my knobs will control certain effects. And just, you know, performing with that over and over again, you kind of, it just becomes like a second language to you. You just, it's just right. natural. Your hand naturally, yeah, your hand naturally knows what to do. You know what you're listening for. You know when to throw an effect on. And, and yeah. Um, okay, so I have a note here that uh, Ableton, that you use it. And like, you know, frankly, I've heard the name Ableton for years, but it wasn't until maybe a month or so ago that I was doing another interview with a couple of taxi members. And one of the guys uh, does a lot of EDM stuff, and he said, oh, yeah, if you're doing EDM, you've really got to have Ableton mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to Pro Tools or Logic. What is it about Ableton that makes it easier for people doing beats? Oh, man, I don't know. Honestly, I've only ever really used Ableton. I started out with GarageBand, mm-hmm. and I don't, I've, I've never used Pro Tools or Logic, so I can't really give a real answer because I feel like I'm just a little biased to Ableton. I just liked Ableton because it was just so intuitive and um, it's really like like a blank canvas. And I'm sure these other DAWs are too, but this one was just like, I don't know what it was about it. I love just the whole interface of it, the way it looked, the way it sound, sounded, sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I feel like if I had, if I have had experience I had experience with Logic or Pro Tools, I could give you a better right. explanation, but because I don't, I don't... I know that um, my friend who did the show a few weeks ago was showing me how easy it was to sidechain. Sidechain, uh, yeah. yes, and that's huge, <laughs> yeah, and that's it's huge, like yeah. 80% of the sound yeah. is driven by sidechaining. Um, yeah, when I learned how to do that, it was like revolutionary, I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, what? what is, okay, because you know, that was a very distinct sound and you know, not only EDM but also in the beat scene was that like ducking of you yeah. know the it's the the sound when the kick hit or whatever you know he's head side chained, and so when I learned how to do that, I was just like, oh, that's how I found it ironic. It, it's okay. so important to the sound, and then when you listen to individual tracks, really you're you're kind of like killing the attack using the kick drum as the thing that kills yeah. the attack <laughs> on all these other instruments, so that the kick yeah. you know comes forward, and I'm thinking, wow. Back in you know in the days of the dinosaurs when I did this, we always worked to make everything you know have nice attack yeah. and everything. And now, no, and now it's just choppy yeah. and yeah. <laughs> I don't get yeah. it, but it sounds good in context. You know that just goes to show how where music is going and the trends and just you know I guess it's like the sound of this of this era and this type of music, but. Yeah, that's that's so funny. <laughs> so when you're in the studio, I've got kind of a, a studio part of the show today, and then I'm going to move on to the live part. But um, when you're in the studio, and let's go back to uh, your controller, are you using the controller at that point, or are you not using it until you've got um, loops and, and you know, yeah. I'm guessing eight or sixteen bar sections mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. set up? Um, at what point do you bring the controller into <laughs> what you're doing? Yeah. There's a lot of different ways I've experimented with, with producing, and that was a way of doing it because the APC, you can't, um, it's not like a, you can't play instruments on it, you know, like how okay. certain pa- pads you can, like yeah. push 
or the launch pad. Right. That's where I, I would do that. Yeah. Pad. That's where I would, you know, write chord progressions or melodies on one of those. But with the APC, you know, after I had reco- I've recorded eight bar an eight bar loop of a like I just like a chord progression melody and a drum beat, then I could go ahead and organize it like, you know, here's my intro, here's my verse, chorus, whatever, and then play it, record it with the APC. But I don't I've done it that way, but lately I've been just doing it like playing it on a keyboard, playing the guitar, mm-hmm. all rec- recording it all, and then converting, you know, certain things into MIDI, like audio into MIDI, and doing it that way. And that's what I've learned is, like, the way I can write more efficiently and get ideas down quicker is doing it that way. I, I wonder, one of the questions I didn't write down, but you just triggered my memory, is if you're a folk singer or you write pop songs, um, you could be in the car, you have an idea for something, you pull out your phone, you hit the record yeah. button and you can hum the melody. Um, is the same true in your world? Yes, it is true. It is true. With Ableton, um, I think the last, not the last version, maybe like two or three updates ago, mm-hmm. um, they put in the function to like, you just drag in audio and then you can actually convert whatever you, whatever ah. you've hummed into MIDI and then throw you know any <laughs> instrument on top of it and yeah it's crazy what you can do wow. with technology yeah it's so really you, cool you could be in the 405 humming into your phone yep. get home yep. and convert that to yep. MIDI totally that's pretty mind-blowing yeah. or like you know in the middle of the night is when I get ideas too and like like, oh, I'm too lazy, I don't want to go to the computer. <laughs> so I'll just pull up my phone and, like, hum it really quick and, yeah. like, try and, you know, work with it the next morning. But, yeah. How often are you successful when you have um, those late-night inspirations? It's happened a few times. It's not, like, something that happens every night. And sometimes I'm like, oh, this would be so cool, but I don't want to get my phone on and I don't want to get up. I'm just going to go to sleep and, like, try and remember it in the morning. That usually doesn't work out, but, you know. <laughs> I'm so bad that when I go to grab a post-it note from my nightstand drawer, by the time I've got the post-it pad out, I can't remember what the hell yeah, I was going to write know. on it. I know, I know, yeah. Um, okay, so do you have a, like a desert island piece of gear? If somebody uh, were going to take all your stuff away, what would be the one thing that you would fight to the death to the keep? The one piece of gear. Um, I would have to say the push or the launch pad depends because launch lighter smaller but the push is really cool because you don't even really have to look at your laptop you know at Ableton on your computer you can just look at the push and um, does Ableton make the push Mm -hmm. and the Novation makes the launch pad right yes but it's Ableton yeah compatible yeah okay Um, so talking about uh, you know what let's let's move on to the live stuff so no pun intended, let's shift gears away from knobs and faders and move on to the compositional <laughs> side of things. Um, I've noticed that a lot of your tunes take listeners to like a physical place, um, like Palm Springs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I would shut my eyes last night and listen to your stuff and go, wow, she gets it. I remember the <laughs> first time I went to Palm Springs, the air is different. When the it sun is. goes down at dusk, there's a magical feeling. There is. Of it. Yeah, there really is. And you captured that. So, do you start out with the idea of the place, uh, like the breeze in your face on PCH mm-hmm. um, or the desert air, and you start out with that and go, okay, how would that translate musically? Or do you start out with a piece of music and go, wow, this feels like Palm Springs? Um, I would have to go with 
the former, the, you know, thinking of a place and being like, how can I ca- capture this, this essence, the essence of this place. And a lot of times my inspiration does come from, you know, traveling or being in a different place. And um, yeah, when I get home, I just try to, you know, think back on that and kind of be like, put myself in that place and then start writing, thinking about it, so. Do you ever start something because you're thinking of a place and you get a little bit into it and go, no, it's not working, but I like what I've got, and it ends up oh, yeah. going yeah, elsewhere? Totally. Okay. totally, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, page turn. Uh, oh, let's play a couple songs. Um, for, shoot, we're 20 minutes into the show, and for those of you who didn't stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning listening, so <laughs> what do you want to play for us, and um, what can you tell me about it? Oh, let's, let's see. Um, okay. I can play this song called You Should. Wait, can I play it here or should I have to give it to you? Uh, just not just hit play. Oh, 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 oh yeah. yeah okay, okay. Right. Hmm. Oops. Is it not? Yeah, I don't know why it was off. Okay. Oh, no, it was on. Okay. Oh, it's on? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, technology. There we go.
Yeah, but she loves it. So before I forget, because I want to bring this up at the top, sorry, at the top of the show, um, social media, you can do that now on Ustream. So blast it out there to your friends and family members. And why don't you tell them um, what your website is and what your Twitter and all that stuff. Okay, so my website is astronauticamusic.com. I I bought two domains, so you can do astronauticamusic.com or astronautica.la. Um, and then my Twitter and my Instagram are both underscore Astronautica. Pretty, pretty uh, simple. <laughs> and how'd you come up with the name? Um, I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid. Wow. And then to feminize the name astronaut, add the <laughs> uh, and then Astronautica, and then which is cool because Nautica, the brand, Astronautica. Yeah. I saw you then, wearing oh, a baseball hat yeah, that said Nautica. Nautica in the back, and I yeah. laughed out loud because. I somebody gave me a Nautica bathrobe once, oh, terry nice. cloth bathrobe that was so plush and so Amazing. heavy. I never wore the thing and eventually gave it to Goodwill or something. Oh, had I, I known, I would have loved that. Yeah, you could love it on stage. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My friend shot that, and we tagged Nautica, and they commented, <laughs> and they're like, "Can we post this?" And we're like, "Yeah, go for it." I don't know if they ever did, but I hope yeah. they did. <laughs> they probably have a good following. All right. So somebody asked in the chat room, "Who's your mentor?" My mentor, um, I mean, I don't really, I've been working with a friend recently, actually. I was in kind of a writer's block for a few months, and I met a friend, he's actually right here. Um, Yo, Mitty. Mitty, yeah, (laughs) and this kid, seriously, like, I feel like, Doing something out of the ordinary and like working with someone else and kind of just collaborating, you know, creatively can really help kind of push you past what, you know, you're stuck in or whatever. And so, you know, I'd got, you know, I had my ways of doing things. And once I got in that mindset, trying to advance past that, it just wasn't happening because I don't know. So I'd have to say, my mentor is Mitty. Yeah, yeah. We've been working a lot together, and he's been great. We, you know. How did you yeah. guys meet? Um, we have a mutual friend. So one of my best friends from college is now managing his, uh, someone he produces for. Got it. And so we were all at a show together up the street from my house, and yeah, we met there. We all got drinks afterwards, and then to start talking about music and um, from there you know he invited me to the studio and we got in and like you know I've worked with other people before but it's like when you're in the studio with someone and you really vibe with that person that's so important because you know that just makes you want to work more with that person and so that we just had that like immediate connection so yeah I'm so proud of our members uh in, in general, because many of them collaborate from around the world. They meet at the Taxi Road Rally, yeah. they meet in the chat room on yeah. Taxi TV, they meet on our forum. And it's really quite astounding how many people collaborate now, but it, it's a, the perfect kind of world to do that in. Yeah, totally, you know? totally. And I think it's great that uh, you recognize that, that you wanted to push yourself and having yeah. another set of ears on stuff, yeah. like more I, ideas. Yeah, I think it's super important. So, uh, Something I saw in the press about your first record, her debut release on Alpha Pup Records was the dreamy LP Replay Last Night, a soothing instrumental album that glows warmly with intricate beats and a soulful sensibility. 
your second album is Gemini, which came out earlier this year. Um, how did you change artistically going from the first record to the second record? Um, yeah. Did you try anything new and crazy because you're known for being experimental? Yeah. Um, so my first album was really me trying to, I guess, find you know, what it was I wanted to say with music and find my sound, which I still am finding my sound. I feel like, you know, evolving as an artist, you're always trying mm -hmm. to, to work on that. But um, so a lot of it, you know, was what I was being inspired by at the time, which was just a lot of instrumental, down-tempo, ambient, um, soundscape kind of stuff, like, you know, sampling a lot of vocals. And, um, you know, with this new album, I was trying to really challenge myself to do something different. And so instead of sampling other people, I was like, you know, I'm just going to, I don't know really how to sing, but hey, you know, I'm going to push myself and try to do it and then sample my own vocals instead of sampling others, you know, and just kind of put more of myself into it. And yeah, so that was one way I kind of changed up things with this last album. Another way was with the guitar. Um, on my first album, I was, you know, playing the guitar, guitar but manipulating it so much and putting like so many effects on it to like not even so it sounded something like something completely different right and and with this album I was like you know what like I don't want to kind of be stuck to like one specific genre like I'm gonna be all over the place so the, the album opens up with like two songs that you know are a little more on the indie side because I'm playing the guitar I'm playing like power chords and and not so much power chords, but you know, I'm playing like full chords. It sounds yeah. like the guitar, and I have still the same kind of beats. Though. Yeah, same. Still, that's you know consistent. That mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, and that is kind of I feel like my signature sound. You can still hear it, um, no matter if it's like, you know, a completely different album than the first. Like I feel like I'm very much still, like that sound is still very much there. You're. I wrote down somewhere. I made a note. Um, don't see it now, but you're very cinematic sounding. Okay. A lot of your stuff, you can shut your eyes and almost imagine the picture. Yeah, that's cool. That would be yeah. with it. And somewhere I just wrote that down. Anyway. Yeah, um, that's cool. Thanks. So when you use the guitar, um, do you run that through MIDI now because you can instead of doing all the effects to make it not sound like a guitar? Are yeah, you able to use um, the guitar as a MIDI trigger? Yeah, so you can record the guitar and then like convert it to MIDI, like okay. I was saying earlier. And then, I mean, you can do a number of things to it. But usually I still add effects to the guitar and, you know, I run it directly into my interface and then I use a VST called Amplitude and it emulates like so many different, like Orange Amps, Fender Amps, Marshall, like Carvin, like all, any kind of amp. It's kind of crazy. And you can, you know, custom build your own. Um, so that's what I'm doing with my guitar now. And you know, it's easier for me to write a melody on the guitar just because that's what I grew up playing. And mm -hmm. so it just comes, you know, it flows more with a guitar. So I'll write the melody and if I don't, you know, think it fits with the song as a guitar, then I can convert that to MIDI and use a different instrument in its place. Mind blowing. Yeah, sorry, it I, really I is. I got a little bit better. Um, yeah, last night I was actually a little ticked off at you for about three minutes. One of the videos, you've got a strat and you lit it on fire and then you're dragging uh, it through the uh, sand. It's like, dude, you can't was, do that. That was it. That was all. I felt really bad doing that. I did not want to do that. And my friend who, who directed the music video, 
was like, you know, I've had this. It was a Squire. He was like, I've had this. Okay. My my guitar, <laughs> my guitar is a Strat. I would never burn my Strat ever, light, light it on fire. But this was like an old beat up Squire. And he was like, I've been wanting to burn it anyway. Like, if you don't burn it here, I'm going to just go home and burn it. So you might as well use it as a prop for the music video. So I was like, all right, okay, you convinced me. But no, I would never light my strap on fire, ever. So uh, electronica, it's sometimes, and it's funny because back in the day, electronica was a word. It was a phrase. It was a label and a genre. And then everybody kind of drifted away. Electronica became uncool to say. And now it's going back there because I feel like it's this broader umbrella of many yeah. other things that yeah. fall under it. Yeah, there's a lot of subgenres underneath. So it, it's, in film and TV, um, which is a lot of the world that we live in around here, but entirely, um, it, it's used as wallpaper, background source music, and, and the type of music that you do is particularly well suited for, um, you know, like an upscale bar scene. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, a couple yeah. Of, of like spies are meeting in a fancy <laughs> bar. This is what you would hear in the background. But yet you've done shows, um, you've played Coachella, which is... Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, I want to talk about that in a minute. But um, so I figure that people that listen to music like your music or other music in this genre um, are either at a show because they want to be there and they went for the music and Mm -hmm. they're probably paying more attention than singer-songwriter night at a coffee Mm -hmm. shop, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... When you play a bigger venue like Coachella or a bigger room somewhere, do you find that you have to play more beat-driven stuff to pull them in? Oh, yeah, yeah. They want to tap their feet. Yeah, no, and, you know, it was something that when I first started making music, I didn't really have that in mind, like, oh, I'm going to be playing, you know, club environments. So that's why a lot of my earlier music was just so down-tempo, because that's just what I, you know, liked making. Um, and so then when I started getting booked for clubs, I was like, this doesn't really go over so well in a club. Could you feel it on the stage? Yeah, yeah. And, um, so I got into DJing, you know, just playing all my favorite songs, songs I would want to listen to in a club. And, um, yeah. And then, you know, recently I started remixing my songs so that they could be played in a club. Yeah. So smart. Yeah. Um, is there any particular BPM that you find audiences relate best to and you go, oh, I gotta yeah. remember that? Yeah, it depends on where I'm performing, but a lot of the times, 120, of course, 140, you know, like trap, um, I guess 72, because that's the right double, half yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, and like if it's like a groovy, soulful night, like in the 90 BPM range. Um, but yeah, I would say even like the 110, 115, that range is pretty cool. Like recently, I feel like that's like a lot of music has been coming out in, or that I've been listening to has been coming out in that sort of range. Um, but yeah, I would say 120, 140 is maybe like the, the one that gets them the most. And do you ever find that you're playing a set live and you adjust your BPM because the room's not lighting up oh, yet? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. a lot of the, a lot of times I'll speed something up or like, you know, play it. Yeah, I'll speed something up or play something at a different BPM than it than its original. Um, yeah. So how did Coachella come about? That I mean, what an accomplishment! Right? Yeah, it was really. You know, I'd been go. I first went when I was fourteen, and you know, had gone so many times that when I was asked to perform, I was like, Oh my gosh, are you 
what? How did How you get? Who thing? asked you? How did they know? You know? Um, so my previous agent um, got me the first time to do the do lab, and so I did the do lab maybe like three years ago, three or four years ago, and that was really cool. That was you know that's the stage that has the big squirt guns and. This was before. I've never been, okay. so I don't know. Remember, I'm so, as old as your father or older. <laughs> well, you look very young. Thank no. you. <laughs> um, so the stage, you know, it wasn't a main stage, but now they have it, like, in the corner. But before, a few years ago, it used to be, like, right when you walked in okay. to Coachella. And, you know, it's so hot out there, the, you know, so this, uh, the stage the squirt has gun. squirt guns, like, huge <laughs> squirt guns. So it was seriously, like, a day party because I played, like, afternoon and everyone, you know, was just getting there, and it was really hot, so, like, I'm just playing party music, and everyone's just dancing and, like, getting soaked. So it's, it's Were you worried <laughs> about your gear getting soaked as well? I, I, I was. I would have had my computer in a plastic bag. I, I would was. have been freaking. You know, I was, but I think they had, it was, like, set up pretty high, like, away from everything, and we were kind of back more, like, you know, the stage was here, and then the people with the, with the big squirt guns were, like, more in front. So, yeah, yeah, I know. Can you imagine? Oh, now, oh my gosh. I don't know what I would do. That leads me to my next question is anything that can go wrong will, Murphy's Law, and you live in a, a relatively technical world. I yeah. mean, you obviously know your gear and you yeah. know how to plug it all in, but when you're in a live environment, yeah, I know. have you ever had a meltdown, like a, oh, you know, yeah. a memory freeze just right in the middle of a oh, set? Yeah. And it's just, oh, how yeah. did that feel? Well, my first show I ever played, my I was like running like you know, Ableton, which is a big project, and all these songs, and um, my laptop completely like crashed before my show, and luckily I lived close to the venue, so I went home and I got my brought my iMac. Yeah. So I did my first show with my <laughs> iMac on stage. Oh, I was so embarrassing. Ever, yeah. So I'm friends with those people now, and like I'm just forever known as like the iMac girl because. Yeah, I played, I DJed with an iMac. You know, it's funny. Being uh, somebody who's not part of the scene, and, and I see uh, electronic artists get up on the stage, and they've got a laptop and a controller, and I see them up there bopping around, wiggling their butts, <laughs> and they're doing this and they're doing that. <laughs> As the old guy in the room, or I'm you know, watching it on my laptop, I'm watching it going, what are they doing? How hard can this be? They're just hitting buttons. And then I saw some close-up shots of you playing uh, at one of the venues, and I said, wow, there, there's an art to this. Uh, she is, you could see that it was instinctive. You mentioned that earlier, that after a yeah. while, you just know where things are. You can yeah. probably do it blindfolded. But there's performance art in there as well, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I figured that out, and I didn't know that at first. And so, like, I'd watch, rewatch things, and I'd be like, God, I look, like, so bored up there. I need to... <laughs> You know, so, but a lot of, yeah, I mean, uh, it, some of it is performance art, but a lot of it too is just knowing when, you know, when to transition, what, you know, how to make the transition that much more full and have yeah. that much more of an impact. So there's a lot of a lot going on, like knowing how to read a room and play, you know, the right type of music, the right type, right, at the right time. Um, but yeah, performance art, yeah. Uh, and I like that you whip out the guitar sometimes, you know, you have it yeah. strapped on and you're doing your thing and then yeah. all of a sudden, uh, do you do you pre-program your loops to leave a hole so that you can be hands-free? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I map, I, yeah, there's something called follow actions in Ableton. 
And I basically set up my set to kind of, you know, do what I needed to do so I could focus on playing like certain things without having to worry of about like my what my set is doing. Yeah. So there's a structure to it, um, and how does that relate to like typical pop song structure? You know, like intro, verse, chorus, yeah. verse, chorus, bridge, yeah. chorus, and out stuff. Uh, are there standard <laughs> um, or, or frequently used um, structures? Um, Okay, so a lot of the times there's like, you know, 16 bar intro, like, and then the drop is at the 17th bar. And then I feel like maybe, you know, like an 8 bar, 8 to 12 to 16 bar, like, breakdown so you can transition into another song. And I feel like a lot of times with like DJing electronic or I guess sometimes even like hip hop or like trap or whatever, um, that's like a common formula, I know, a common pattern. And um, that's not just for you, but for other artists as well. I think, so. I think so. I think so because when I'm DJing other people's music, that's what I see. Too. You uh, know, okay. like eight, eight. I mean, it's not always. It's not always that. But what I notice a lot of the times is like eight to sixteen bars. Um, that's usually like, you know. Standard. I guess it makes sense because yeah. two or four bars it just feel too short. Yeah, and so I mean, and then you can li- loop like a four bar loop like four mm-hmm. times and how that would be, but. Yeah, you kind of want to have enough time so you can kind of feel out the next song and it's not just so abrupt, like, end of song, next song, right? So. And when you play the guitar parts live versus in the studio, um, do you pretty much play it? Do you know what you're going to play or is it improvised um, yeah, it's a little based bit of, on yeah. you and the room and what you're doing? It's a little bit of both. Um, you know, obviously I know the, the parts that I've, re- like, recorded and I can play those, but... You know, it just depends on how, you know, how into it I guess I want to get. You know, do I really want to like solo here? Am I just going to play, you know, the part of the song it is? But, um, yeah, it just depends on on the on the situation, I guess. On the What's room. the iMac girl going to do now? I know. <laughs> uh, earlier we were talking about your vocals, and I saw some people in the chat room addressing your vocals. I already know the secret, but I'm going to ask you like okay. I don't know. Okay. So tell them, because your vocals... <laughs> aren't up front in the mix no. like they would be in a pop no. song or maybe a rock song and they have a very ethereal um feel to them almost like you know like you're a string part mm-hmm. or something that blends in what do you do to create that because it is yeah. i think part of your signature song. yeah i think so just because like i said earlier i don't you know really have any singing experience i can't you know so knowing that i kind of was like okay i want my voice to kind of just serve more of like you know, like a background instrument or like a, you know, more of like, give it some texture, an extra an added texture. Which it does well. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, whatever you're doing to your voice makes it sound like the rest of the track. It's yeah, you. thanks. Yeah. So um, a lot of what I'm doing is just EQing it, you know, taking out all the lows, kind of giving it, you know, a lot of high frequencies, um, some reverb and some delays. And that's pretty much it. I use a VST called Nectar, and so they have, yeah, yeah, so there's some presets in there that I'll, I'll use, um, but that really, I feel like the, you know, the high pass filter is kind of what gives it that, that sound, that mm-hmm. like, yeah, so. Yeah, it's almost butterfly-esque. <laughs> yeah, it, it's light and delicate yeah. and really adds a nice texture. Yeah, thank um, you. Lyrically, not like 
a country song or an yeah, R&B song yeah. or a pop song. You don't have like a story with a beginning yeah. and a middle and an end lyrically, but it's almost always a central idea yeah. that yeah, repeats. Uh, where does that come from and how do you know when you've got the right one? Yeah, you know, I think that comes from when I started producing early on was just I was only sampling certain phrases from um, acapellas. Anyway, so, and using those in my songs, so I think kind of using that same formula is what I do with my own vocals. Like, I'll sing, like, a verse, and then I'll go ahead and, like, sample certain parts, because I, you know, think they fit. Like, I'll listen to the whole verse with the, with the rest of the music and be like, oh, I don't know if that really fits, but then I'll go in and I'll, like, chop it up and just kind of, you know use it that way mm-hmm. just like the way I used to when I was sampling other people's alcohols yeah <laughs> now um, it's me but now it's me but you know one of the things the next things I'm really trying to do is is write more like I do want to have a, a chorus have two verses so that's like the next chapter is like really like writing writing lyrics are there people that use lyrics in typical kind of song structured lyric form in the beat driven world yeah and in a lot of the beat scene world has like bled into mainstream like hip-hop and r&b edm like so you know i think that just shows like it's um how it's evolving so yeah there's definitely you know people from the scene producing for like kendrick lamar or you know, so so there is definitely that structure in the beat scene. Not the, so much, but but there is, yeah. Are they going in kicking and screaming because, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, oh my God, you're prostituting yourself <laughs> and doing ah, pop music now. You know what, I, I don't think so. I feel like that's... Or have they won? You know, it's no, like, no, yeah, you guys are I coming think, to us. I, think, I mean, the way I see it is like, you know, you're not really, I mean... I think it's cool that these artists want to work with beat scene artists because they like that sound. That's the way I see it. I don't take it so much as like selling out. I take it as like, okay, like everyone's doing something really cool. Like it's getting the attention of all these other people who want to be a part of it. So, but yeah, I, I know how the whole selling out thing is, but I don't, I don't see it. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's cool that they're coming over. Yeah. Um, let's listen to another song. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm going to play how I told you I was, like, remixing some of my, uh, some of my own songs. I guess they want to be remixes. I guess they'd be, like, second versions or edits. So. Is this stuff from the first record that this you've is, redone? Or? This is from Gemini, okay, Palm Springs. Record. Okay. Oh. I've redone Palm Springs. More, yeah, it's a little more down-tempo, I guess.
It's a lot. I have to get one of those. Just like when I. I Carly, you know, you gotta have the I Carly thing. It, you know, thank God we're not hearing. <gasps> oh yeah. I don't want that. I don't want that one. Uh, <laughs> random dancing. Let's check that out. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Like samplers. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's like one of those little wind-up monkeys with yeah, the cymbals, I but I, I think he, he's on something. <laughs> uh, Peter Rahel, one of our regulars, said, it's almost sleepy in a good way. And, and yeah. that was something I felt last night. It's Your music is like liquid Valium, you know? It, just, it really, re, it, it's relaxing. But there's something earlier I said that it's kind of cinematic. Mm -hmm. I noticed that on the second and third listens to some of this stuff, I went, oh. The story is actually in the music. Um, if you let your mind go there, it's like mm -hmm. there's a scene. And then a minute later, you're into another scene. It's almost like there's a conversation yeah. happening. And, yeah. and do you write that way or does it just come out of you? I mean, do you, do you plan to have these moments? Yeah, well, see, uh, with a lot of like the instrumental songs I write, I feel like not that I have to compensate for the lack of lyrics or for the lack of vocals, it's just, you know, that's just my way of, you know, having that extra element to the song. And like, I don't want to, you know, always be like, this is what you should be thinking when listening to the song. So I try and leave it very open, but I definitely like give, like, like put myself in it and like kind of write it the way I'm feeling, but you know, it's all up in, like it's open to interpretation and I want like my listeners to just be able to like you know listen to it and feel the way they want to feel but but like I said like you know how you did say the, the stories in the, in the music I yeah. I think the reason that's that's the reason is because you know there's no lyrics to really kind of tell you what to feel or think but you know yeah, I don't know how to the, simplify what I'm trying uh, to say. But. The music speaks. Yeah. It, it, it does. It really, you know, yeah. I'm telling you, you opened up a whole new world for me last <laughs> well, good, night. I'm glad. Um, uh, let's see. I made some other notes. Um, how much does tech influence what you do live? Are there times that you'd like to do things, but you feel like the, the tech might have an epic fail, so you have to pull yeah. back rather than taking a chance? Yeah. <laughs> that was a pretty certain <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well... Luckily, I, I've come across a lot of great people um, from doing this, and I, you know, met someone who's now my tech guy as well as just like a great friend of mine, and before I met him, my, you know, I'd really have to be like, okay, what is going on in my set, because, you know, my computer was crashing so much live, and it was just so embarrassing, uh. like, I'd fly out to shows, and all of a sudden, my CPU was like, you know, going crazy, and so, you know, there were a lot of things I had to do. First of all, I had to get a new laptop with a bigger processor. I had to put, you know, I have a solid state hard drive. Like all of this stuff, I don't, I don't know any, I didn't know anything about until I met this, my friend. And so he kind of helped me get a very powerful machine because I'm running a lot of programs yeah. within Ableton to be doing what I'm doing on stage. And so, you know, I never really thought about all of the, power that takes and so now I have like a beast of a machine but yeah before that it was it was, it was very problematic for me um, any connector problems because where there are cables uh, there's always a problem yeah it seems. oh yeah definitely so I always have an, an extra USB with me just in case I always have extra cables um, yeah and you're because, the tech guy that goes with you everywhere well, now, I, or, or? well 
he lives in Sacramento, so for all my shows up north, yeah. he's at. Okay. Sometimes, like, if it's a festival I'm playing at or something important, then I'm like, can you just come down because right. I don't, then he'll come down for it. But um, for the most part, he got me, like, on a really good system here, and so I've, knock on wood, I don't <laughs> want to, like, I'm, pl- I'm DJing after uh, this, and I don't want it to crush, but, um, but yeah, it's pretty dependable now. I hear you. I just got a new laptop a couple months ago. Oh, it's my yeah. first solid state hard drive and it's great. Yeah. It's I great. love it when you yeah. you you know boot something up and boom. Through, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a difference. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um do you have any advice for your fellow taxi members or non-members musicians in general that watch this that check out the beat scene and think, "Wow, you know, that looks really cool, but I think it's beyond my technical ability mm-hmm. to do it." Um, what would you say to them? Honestly, I, I mean, you know, okay, so if this is something that's like you're, that you're interested in, but you know, you're like, oh, there's no tutorials to really teach me how to make this type of music, every, t- like, I learned Ableton on YouTube. So every tutorial, and every tutorial, tutorial I watched, I can't speak, wasn't, you know, like, didn't explain to me how to make that type of music, but the techniques they showed me how to use can be applicable to anything you're making. Like, if it's trap music, dubstep, house, like, you know, there's so, like, there's just, there's so much, there's so many knowledgeable people online giving free tutorials that I think that is, like, just a great step to take if you want to dive into that type of music. Just watch tutorials. It's an amazing world now. Yeah. Anything I, you want to learn. Yeah, no, is really. Out there. Really. Not even music related, like anything. Anything's crazy. And yet people pay silly amounts of money to go to college and learn nothing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> YouTube should charge like a, a university fee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go, tuition. That was the word I was trying to spit out. Uh, if you guys have questions, start thinking of them now because I'm going to ask one more. And with the delay, um, I want you guys to fire off some questions. Um, is there anything that you know now mm-hmm. that you wish you knew then? then? Yeah. Um, yeah, let me think. Something... Gosh. Yeah, I hate to put you on the spot. I probably I should have sent you these in advance. No, that's okay. Wait, let me think of something I know now that I need then. Um, oh my gosh. Let me think. All right, ponder. I'm going to look and see if there's okay, any questions yeah. coming gosh, in while I you're thinking. I feel like there's so many things I... Um, hmm. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's more on like the technical. It's not very creative, but... Um, a lot of times when I'm working on a project there's just a lot going on and like it starts to crash and when I play back a song it gets all like sounds all staticky and I wasn't really freezing my tracks and so now I freeze everything when I like when I'm not using it and that just makes it like easier to work on something because you you don't have to worry about a delay or a lot. Yeah. yeah yeah so um, I would say that, and you know, I've been making music for how many years now, and I like never really did that. And I would just get frustrated, and you know, be like, I'm over this project, and like never finish it, because uh, it because the computer couldn't handle. And I get very wow. frustrated, so I was just like, oh, okay. Um, so working, you know, doing it like that is very, uh, I guess, it's just you know, it because when when that happens creatively, you get your your like you have so many ideas, but yeah. you can't get them down because. Your computer's crashing, so I think, you know, figuring out ways to save your CPU is, um, is yeah. It's, it's, 
advice I wish I had gotten earlier. What percentage of the work you do never makes it to our ears? Oh my gosh, like 90%. Wow, interesting to know. Okay. Uh, maybe 85%. Um, yeah, but a very large percent. Uh, question. In this genre, what makes the difference between good and great? Hmm. Good and great. Um, I think what makes someone great is being able to write music and not have it just be one kind of music, like be or one type of genre. I think um, what makes a producer great is being able to produce any kind of genre and have it be like just as fantastic as you know the genre that person is known for producing. I think that is what makes an artist great. Do you have a sense when you've reached that level and you go, wow, I nailed it, I'm there? Um, I think when I ask, like, because I, I listen to songs so many times that I'm working on that like, I, I don't really hear it anymore, so I have to like take a step away from it for a little bit and then ask people around me, like, hey, how does this sound? And if everyone's like vibing to it and not just vibing to it because they're like my friend, like right. I can, <laughs> then I'm like, all right, this is cool to, to do something with. Got it. Yeah. Um, somebody wanted to know, do you sidechain all instruments to the kick or just particular ones? Um, um, I, well, my friend Mitty over here actually showed me this new VST called Alifo Tool. And I was using compressor in you know one of the Ableton the Ableton effect yeah. to sidechain everything to not everything to the kick but like you know I, I kind of play around with it I you know I, I see what sounds good or how much I should sidechain or if it's just like a little sidechain um, but for the most part yeah just because I think for mixing purposes too it it kind of cleans up a lot mm -hmm. yeah and you can hear more of the frequencies but uh, do you find that you eq less uh, in the world that i come from when the dinosaurs roamed we rolled out a lot of mid-range on stuff so mm -hmm. that the attack of mm -hmm. other things would be more present um does the side chaining accomplish that goal for you so you don't have to eq as much to yeah yeah in a way it does but i still feel like i need to um i eq a lot just because there's like i layer a lot of sounds and so a lot of them kind of sound similar just to kind of give it a more full effect um, so I'm trying to so like I had to like EQ a certain way so that certain elements of that sound can kind of you know shine so through with like if you're levels. layering the kick drum mm -hmm. um, one might be for the bottom end another one might need, be for the attack and, yeah. and you yeah, yeah, yeah. accentuate the mm -hmm. top end on mm -hmm. that one okay mm -hmm. um, oh actually a piece of advice yeah that many <laughs> told me was um, um, like duplicating um, a melody or something and yeah. panning it left and right like wide pan right so it's not so like mono and it sounds it just kind of gives it so more. you're wide panning it like with a short delay or something just to make it a, a more like, um, apparently up like in the mix like bigger. Yeah, yeah it sounds bigger um, okay. yeah at Ableton you could you just have like channels where you can like just pan left pan right yeah and then yeah I'll throw some reverb and delays on there but but for the most part just like moving them out of out of the center kind of widens the sound do you have a favorite reverb um, I use the Ableton reverb. I love that I reverb. I keep hearing this from people. I love that reverb. Maybe yeah. this is why Ableton is yeah. so beloved by the yeah. people that use it, is a lot of the stuff that comes with it 
isn't garbage that you know you immediately want to yeah. go out and buy a bunch of other stuff because what they've got in yeah really they have good. a lot of cool preset uh, effects and whatnot do they love you and know you and send you free um, stuff actually i just did a video with them on thursday they're starting this really cool series and so they were at my apartment filming filming me and actually right after this i'm going to their a and r actually um does uh, an online radio show and I'm gonna go do a little guest set right after this one. Nice. Back there. So, you yeah, are, so are Miss Popularity <laughs> today. Good for you. It's a busy day. It is um, busy. I've been trying to get the guys at Ableton to return my phone call uh, really? in the LA office because they should be at the road rally. Yeah, you yeah. should be at the road rally. Yeah, 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 yeah um, I'll be there. It, it's you know, a couple thousand people from all over the world, and Ableton has just become a thing around here lately. Yeah, they're and great. I love. I love. I, everything I, I, they they stand for, everything they do. I don't know yeah. what I've got to do to get them there, but you know, <laughs> maybe they should. Uh, well, let them know I was here, and then yeah, sponsor yeah. you doing a show one night. Um, you know, like during happy hour or something. Yeah, in the bar area. Yeah, that, that might would, be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. All right, yeah. Ableton, I'm coming for you. <laughs> um, more questions. Um, Sidechain, no, now we're all stuck. Uh, Giza X says Ableton built-ins are very nice. Uh, throw another question or two out there. <laughs> Mary Band, I think I need to finish reading the book on the physics of sound. Synth VSTs. Yeah, uh, um, do you have any favorite synth VSTs? That's I a great really question. I really like Serum. I've been using Serum lately, yeah. and that is really cool. I was using Massive a lot, and I still use Massive, but Serum just kind of won my heart over recently. So I've been, I've been doing You're cheating on Massive. <laughs> cheating on Massive. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see, piano, guitar, vocal wants to know what genres is Ableton good for producing? Physics, very important to sound. Okay, those are statements. How about a question? Uh, oh, where do you get your drum samples from? Oh, man. Um, all over. The internet, friends. I'll record some stuff, save it in a folder. Um, yeah, I think, you know, just look, like, if you find a pack online that you like or, you know, I, I, I that's what I normally do. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of people are, like, record your own samples, but... I mean, there's ways to go about it. You, you can, like what I do a lot of times too is all, I think we were talking about this earlier, all, you know, like three different sounding drums, different elements of this drum, layer it and then, you know, EQ it a certain way and then kind of freeze them all together, flatten mm -hmm. it and then I'll have one single drum out of three. So like even though you're buying preset sounds, you can still very much make them your own. And then somebody else is just coming up goes, I love her snare sound, <laughs> yeah, and right. then they take it, and I get it. Um, how do you check your mixes? That's a great question. Oh, okay. So I work out of my living room, and it's not, um, it's not treated properly. So I can't really, you know, really rely on that. So I have headphones. I use III headphones, and... Um, I also actually use the Apple headphones because like if you think about majority of the people the way they're going to be listening to your music is on their headphones 
Um, and then my car, my friend's cars, um, my laptop speakers. And that's just for like a mix I'm throwing up on SoundCloud. Nothing like, you know, not going on an album. But of course, you know, if, if I'm working on something that is going on an album or something a little more like that needs to be mixed properly, then my label will handle the whole mixing and mastering. How do you feel? Um, I was actually a little depressed on your behalf last night as I was finding everything you do is available for free. And I'm thinking, why would anybody pay for it? And then I realized, because they love her and they want to support her. Uh, is that the world we live in now? I think so. I think a lot of, you know, yeah, it's changed. Like, you know how record sales aren't musicians' primary source of income. Yeah. Um, so I think the most important thing is just people are going to get your music one way or another. You know, they're going to pay for it or they're not. And so I just want people to listen to my music. So but you gotta eat. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. True. <laughs> there's, true. Yeah, small detail. True. Um, but it, you know, I think with streaming services like Apple Music and uh, Spotify, I get royalties off of that. So those add up. And then you can buy my albums on Amazon, iTunes, and you know, I do still get record sales, and I still do get all of these things. And a lot of songs on my albums aren't on like SoundCloud or anything. So you kind of have to find that you see spikes after a show. Oh yeah. yeah, spikes not only in like plays or downloads, but also in like social media followers. Yeah, I saw one of your songs on Sound SoundCloud had one hundred six thousand plays. That was a a pretty hefty number by comparison. Do you have any idea why one song takes off like that I think versus others? That was like my one of my first single. That was a cruise or California. Was it one of those? One or the other. Yeah. yeah. I think those, you know, those were two of my first singles, and I think, you know, just been out there long enough. Been out there a while, and it was, you know, it was a new artist, and people hadn't really heard it yet. So I think the intrigue of it, maybe, I don't know, could be a number of things. Yeah, uh, you know, it was a nice number. Um, let's see. How do you get a lot of bottom without overloading the monitors? A lot of bottom without overloading the monitors. <laughs> without overloading your earbuds. Yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, I think I would just EQ out some of the mid. I don't know. Because I don't have a sub. All right. So it's kind of hard for me to hear a lot of low end. Um, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like the engineering part isn't really my. Expertise. I'm trying to get better and trying to learn more, but well, you're obviously getting a lot of it, right? Yeah, I and mean, well, stuff doesn't make itself happen. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of low end. Yeah, I feel like for because I don't have a sub. Sometimes for me to hear my sub, I'll like I'll put it an octave higher just to hear how it's sounding. But I guess that's not a real accurate way to hear. It's actually, really, if I may jump in on this, um, I have a friend named Hookman that I met two or three years ago, and a uh, big hit songwriter, a lot of Jason Derulo stuff. Oh, nice, uh, nice. I was just at the Hawaii Songwriters Festival with them a few weeks ago, and they had a thing that's kind of like VH1 Storytellers, where okay, the, cool. these various guys got up there and said, this is how this song was done. And he played a song for us that I think he originally thought uh, he would get it cut by Christina, and she didn't bite mm -hmm. and then it was going somewhere else anyway uh, there just wasn't a lot of interest in it but uh -huh. he knew in his heart this song was awesome uh, yeah, yeah. all he did was change the key 
Really? And he played us, you know, he, he took it from like, you know, a G to a C. Wow. And it changed the bottom end so much in that song that wow. instantly with nothing more than a key change, he went, now it sounds like a hit. Wow. I, I've been in the business for like 40 years. Yeah. And, and to me, that was a revelatory moment. Wow. It, it, yeah. It's yeah. like key change. All about the key. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. And, and it was just Sets all about the, the bass yeah. sounding better. Yeah. Um, question. What model of headphones do you use again? I use the, it's I-I-I-A-I-A-I-A-I. It's, I know, it's a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are great, though. I have their, their I think it's the HS1. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I think it's HS1. Okay, if you go to their website, they have, they only have a few models. And I have their studio headphones, and as well as their DJ headphones. And, um, yeah, the studio ones are great because it doesn't um, over overcompensate, like, the, the low end. So, you know, a lot of times... When you're mixing in headphones that do that, you kind of get a song with not as much bottom end as you had thought because your yeah, headphones faked are. out. Yeah. So this one is a very—it's nice. It's, it gives you a very flat sound, and so yeah. But they're great. I love that company. And yeah. Mitty and I were talking about this. He walked in and went, "Whoa, you've got NS10s!" And we had this discussion um, of if you make anything sound good on these, it'll yeah, sound good pretty much right? yeah. anywhere. Are these the new models? No, these are ancient. Wow, those are really cool. Yeah, those date back to, I want to say, 1992 or 93. What? Yeah. That's so crazy. <laughs> That's when I was born in 91. Wow. That's cool. You're one year older than my company. Um, okay, anyway, uh, if you guys don't have any more questions, uh, you know what, let's play one more song before we go. Okay. Um, do you have an all-time favorite? And if you do, do you have it on there? Yeah, let me see. Should I play one of the or like first early ones, ones we were talking about? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember which one? You um, to? I mean, Cruise is probably one that I listened to three times last okay. night. That's the PCH one, right? Was um, that the which one was the one that you talked about? I just wanted people to feel like they were you know had the wind in their face on PCH or something. Was that Cruise? Yeah, I think. It'll probably. I feel like I feel that way about a lot of my songs. Okay. <laughs> That's like the the uh, vibe of my music. But um, yeah, I have it on here. Okay, so this is an earlier, early, early song. Yeah, I'm saying my grandma bought me these like instruments from her trees, ah. and so that's what I'm sampling here. I wondered what that was. Yeah, like the. Oh, this sucks.
free midi. Free midi. Yeah. And it's funny because with a lot of this stuff, I didn't even tune my guitar. I would just pick it up. <laughs> and so when I would try to play it live, it's like I can't play any of the songs because none of it's in tune. So there's a lot of things that I used to do that I don't do anymore. Like I tune my guitar. Just in case you guys didn't hear that, um, Astronautica just said, okay, there's another piece of advice. She said early in her career she would delete projects um, and overwrite stuff. Don't do that. So Yeah, no. I was like, I yeah. I would export the wave and then, oh gosh, this sounds so dumb. And then I would just be like, okay, I'm done with this. I don't ever need this again. Like, save? Nope. Yeah, it was so. And another, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really tune my guitars, I would just pick it up and record them. And so, you know, trying to play these songs live, I can't because I don't know what the tuning is and so. Pretty funny. Yeah, early on, I made a lot of mistakes, <laughs> interesting mistakes. Well, everybody makes them and, yeah. <laughs> you know, if they don't kill you, they only make you stronger. Yeah, yeah. Um, any last words of advice for, uh, I guess, I don't want to sound sexist in saying for the ladies out there, but you know, yeah, uh, yeah. just uh, again, I'm really delighted that you're a great example that technology can be your friend and not something to be afraid of. So oh, yeah, totally. anything you can say to inspire the ladies would be I mean, great. don't let anything hold you back. Don't think because, you know, maybe you don't see as many females as males in the scene. Like, don't let that discourage you. I think if anything, it'll just make you stand out even more um, and yeah if you're talented don't let that go away and if this is something you want to do then pursue it 100% well I'm glad you did uh, really I, I made note last night when I was scribbling out my notes before I typed them I just wrote inspiring oh. so you know, I, you really are, and thank you very much. I've been around a long time, so yeah, well, thank you. that means so <laughs> yeah, much to it, me. It really does. Thank I'm you so really, much. Really, 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 just blown away <laughs> that you've done so much. Congratulations, thank you. Thank and thanks so for much. joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Fun. Their pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> All right, and we will see you guys next week for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Thank you. Gotta have the woo. <laughs> Bye, you guys.